But in this first hour, I ain't done yet. Two more conversations. On the backside of this hour, the Israeli incursion into Rafah, Palestine, has galvanized American progressives to hard-press the aforementioned President Joe Biden. We will speak with Beth Miller, political director of Jewish Voice for Peace Action, on the backside of this hour. All that said, we commence today's show with another conversation. California State Assembly member Lori Wilson, who is lead sponsor of a bill about reparations for slavery as California maintains its first in the nation status on this side of the reparations task force, which as we all know has now completed its work. I've said many times that the nation is watching California. What happens here politically always seems to cast either a long shadow or a long sunbeam across the nation. And everybody watching California to see what, what, what we're going to do here on the issue of reparations. Once again, Assemblymember Lori Wilson is lead sponsor of a bill. Now that we're past the task force, uh, uh, lead sponsor of a bill uh, regarding reparations for slavery. And I'm pleased to have her on this program. Representative well, Wilson, how are you today? I am good. Good morning. It's good to have you on the program. Thank you for your time. Let me jump right in to make the most of the minutes that we do have. Um, for those listening across the country, uh, and even in the state for that matter, who uh, need a, sort of a refresher course on the task force, how it got together, who, how it got appointed, uh, what, what they did, what they turned over to the legislature, just give me a quick refresher course on how we got to the point of this bill that you are lead sponsor on. Thank you. Yes, Um the Black Caucus, well, actually, it was Dr. Shirley Weber, now uh, Secretary of State Weber, she was Assembly Member at the time, introduced a bill to create the task force to look at uh, the, the, the harms that exist from, you know, slavery as well as years of or generations of discrimination. And so that's where this started with uh, Dr. Shirley Weber um, introducing a bill, getting it through the legislature, having the partnership of the governor, him signing it, creating what would be a historic uh, two-year look at the harms that are related to slavery and generations of discrimination to Californians who are descendants of slaves. And this was um, extremely important because a lot of people, when they think about harms against black individuals, they think about the South. Mm -hmm. They don't think about California, the free state. And so there needed to be a case made to why California and what was happening in particular in California as it related to slavery and as it related to discrimination and racism. Mm -hmm. So the task force did its work. And then what happened? Yeah, so last year, um, actually two years ago in 2022, June of 2022, the task force released uh, their draft report. Um, at that time, we were in a, a huge surplus year in the state of California, and so the Black Caucus received that and began to start to they begin to digest it basically. Um, then the final report came out last year in June 2023. Um, definitely a different environment, but it was the final report um, that was complete with hundreds of recommendations, which also included um, the the calculation for if there was to be direct cash payments, what would that look like? Their recommendation, of course. Got it. All right, so the task force uh, completes its work, uh, turns that report over to the uh, California legislature, and now we're at the point where members uh, have the opportunity to offer bills for how we're going to address the issue of reparations in the state of California. She, once again, is lead sponsor on a bill in the Assembly. Her name is Lori Wilson. More with her when we come forward on Tavis Smiling. This is getting good. Yeah, man. 
Tabitha Smiley Smiley continues when we come forward. Made fresh daily in the Mert Park, Los Angeles, California. You're listening to Tavis Smiley. What is California going to do on the issue of reparations? I'm glad you asked. That is why we have in this uh, first half hour of today's program, uh, California Assembly Member Lloyd Wilson, who is the lead sponsor of a bill regarding reparations for slavery. Before I get to your bill specifically, Assembly Member uh, Wilson, you mentioned the task force and what they recommended specifically. Uh, some equation they came up with on the issue of cash payments. We all recall some months ago, uh, Gavin Newsom, who everybody knows has his eye on the White House at some point, um, started to Michael Jackson moonwalk uh, on uh, certain parts of this conversation, specifically when he was asked, as I, as I recall it was, on Fox News about cash payments. He, he moonwalked on that thing really quickly. Um, that's another issue for another time. But the question is, what specifically did the task force recommend when it comes uh, to cash payments? And then I'll jump from there. Yeah, so they had over, they had hundreds of recommendations overall, and on, particularly as it relates to cash payments, there, there was um, a conversation about who should get that versus descendants, direct descendants of slaves or just black Californians in general. And so they did vote and decide direct descendants of slaves. And so there is this, you know, calculation that's laid out in the task force report. Um, it's an addendum to it that uh, allows people to then calculate what theirs would be if they if they could indeed prove that they were descendants of slaves. That is a recommended calculation. Of course, that's something that would have to be vetted through the legislation, I mean, through the legislature and consider what the actual calculation would be. Mm-hmm. But they did provide an example within uh, the task force report. Okay. One more question, then we'll, we'll jump straight away into your bill. So as I understand it, again, I want to make sure that the audience uh, in this state and across the country uh, follows this uh, as well. My sense is, and my understanding is, now that the task force work is done, the uh, California Assembly, uh, the, the legislature, for that matter, uh, Senate and the Assembly, uh, have this uh, report. Members have the right to introduce their own legislation. Give me a sense broadly, before we get to your piece, of what's happening. I, my, my, again, as I'm following this, um, there are all kinds of members on the House side, the Assembly side, as we call it here in California, the Assembly yeah. side and the Senate side. Uh, there are a number of bills. I ran into State Senator Steve Bradford the other day. I know he has legislation. There are others. So just give me a sense, right. of, broadly speaking, of, of, of how many bills are, are, are various members putting all kinds of bills up? Or have y'all come together as a black caucus to agree on what a bill ought to look like? Well, I would say both. So what, what, So when we got the report, the draft report, Everybody went to their corners to digest it, knowing that the final report was going to come out the next year. We have a very broad caucus, diverse from all across our state, different, you know, representing different regions. And we all have different backgrounds, skill sets, and things that we like to focus on. And we knew from the task force their report was going to be broad in nature. They were going to talk about housing. They were going to talk about business, education, all of that. And so members over a year were thinking about, well, whatever whatever bills are sponsored, what are the ones that fit my expertise, my background, the things Mm -hmm. that I like to work on? Then the final task report came out, and then we got together as a group, and we spent months talking as a group about what we thought the priorities were, what would be the timing, recognizing that we knew we had this governor, you know, for three more years, if we count just what's on his term, and we were going to get a new governor, um, thinking about the 
budget deficit that we now found ourselves in and about the fact that we were hitting up against both the state and federal constitution for some of the recommendations that we would have to work around. You know, it takes time to dismantle systemic racism. And we knew from this report that we were going to have to build and have a strategy to do so. And so we came up with, as individuals, these are all the bills that we want to work on. And then as a group, we decided which ones were we putting basically the full weight of the caucus behind, which Mm -hmm. ones that we want to work on together. Some individuals who introduced bills knew that they would have a hard time getting through the legislature, one, without educating our our colleagues, and two, without educating the public, because there is public sentiment attached to this. And so some of them are done purely to introduce the conversation, to start the conversation. Mm-hmm. Um, we found, especially with former members who gave advice to uh, the new members, is that, hey, it might take you 10 years to get legislation across the board that you're passionate about. We're not even talking about reparations. Mm-hmm. We're just talking about individual things that people are passionate about. Mm-hmm. And so we knew that some of this was a start of a conversation. Some of it um, was going to get completed this year because this is a half of a legislative year. Um, and then some will tackle in the new in the new session. And so we begin to focus um, ourselves as a group mm-hmm. on a particular set of legislation. But like I said, we have members who are engaging on a broad um, set of subjects and, and really starting the conversation, even if we don't get it across the finish line this year. Um, that, but we'll be sure to make sure over the multi-year effort, we'll get this across the finish line. That takes me straight to your bill. Um, now that I understand the broad frame of all these bills that are being introduced, we'll go straight to your bill in about, about a minute here. One other question, and I'm asking this because I've, I've Obviously, I pay attention to these conversations since I'm sitting here every day. Right. Uh, and I, I've heard you made reference to this. You make you've made reference to this on two occasions, and I think there's something here worth interrogating. Let me do it very quickly. Um, you 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 said very um, I think saliently that when this task force um, was first um, commissioned, um, California's budget had a surplus. Uh, indeed, when Gavin Newsom took over from Jerry Brown, the thing that Jerry Brown was most proud of, I think, is that he left the state in pretty good shape. Uh, Gavin Newsom inherited Mm -hmm. a very nice and robust uh, budget surplus. Um, Since that time, California is now facing a budget deficit. Uh, That's how quickly things turned here in the state of California. Uh, I wonder, since we're talking about cash payouts, and we'll get to that a little bit more uh, in in this conversation before I lose you here. uh, But I wonder whether that reality alone, that we've gone from a state that had a surplus to a state that has a deficit impacts the thinking of Californians and all the polls and surveys and studies I've seen that suggest that overwhelmingly Californians are sympathetic to the issue, but they ain't trying to write no checks. <laughs> I don't think it's the deficit alone. I think part of it is the deficit. And most people don't pay attention to the budget surplus or deficit on how it impacts their lives, your average California citizen, they, it's more about what the cost of living is in mm-hmm. the state of California and where they see is, is what government doing impacting my life in a positive way. I would say there's many in California, many Californians who don't believe that. And because of that, that is their, I think, uh, that is a barrier to supporting, you know, a direct cash payment. But here's the deal. The direct cash payment is not a gift. Mm-hmm. It is not a donation. It is what is owed to descendants of slaves in California who experienced direct harm by their government or through policies that the government allowed. And so we, we have to get there. Um, now, we have to make a case for it. So the reparations uh, task force made the case. They made the case through this report. And when you read the report, 
um, you come away with this sense of um, just dismay that this occurred in California. Even people who born and raised here don't even know all the harms that um, the government of and the people who were in power at the time have not only done, but has been perpetuated in our policies, in our laws, in our budget priorities. Mm-hmm. And so now it's about taking what this work, the work from the task force did, which was historic, and then bringing that into reality through our legislature and to the people. So it's about education, um, getting that message out. And so we are going to do that over, you'll see that over the next few, really it started already, but Mm -hmm. over the next few years, you'll see that continue building of um, momentum as it relates to ensuring that not only our legislators are educated, but our entire state are educated truly about the harms and about the need to repair those harms. Mm -hmm. Some of it is direct investments, not only in people, but in communities. But some of it, uh, quite a bit of it, is policy change, mm-hmm. uh, budget priorities, legislative priorities. All right. Uh, the backstory is terribly important, and we, uh, I think, understand the, the backstory to how we got to this point uh, much more uh, clearly now. So that said, tell me about the bill on which you are lead sponsor. Right. So get this. The, all the bills that are priorities of the Black Caucus, the entire Black Caucus is, are, is, the, is the lead sponsor of these bills. I get to serve as chair, mm-hmm. so happy to talk about them. But I'm really excited about there's quite a few um, bills that are, are priorities of the Black Caucus. There's 14 of them. They range um, in nature, like I said, very broad from you know education, civil rights, criminal justice reform, housing, business, health. We don't leave anything untouched. But there are two that I want to talk about today that are extremely important, and this is the start, um, is the resolution that will be done on uh, February 26th, which is the last Monday of the month. We're doing our Black History Month floor ceremony, and we're going to introduce this resolution. It's already been introduced, actually. We're going to talk about it on the floor. Dr. Uh, Keela Weber, um, assembly member uh, who took over from her mother's uh, previous seat, um, she has introduced a resolution detailing the harms that were done. This is ACR 135. This lays out, it's in a, in a summary form of the task force saying, why California? Answering that question. That's the question that we get from our colleagues who um, are uneducated on this issue. They're like, but why here? Um, and we have to talk about that. We get that from community members. Well, why here? And like I said, most people think about um, the South when they think about violence against black folks, when they think about harm against black folks. But no, this happened right here in California. So we're starting there with the resolution um, and encouraging our colleagues to sign on as co-authors. That doesn't require the governor's signature, but it's an acknowledgement um, by the legislature, both in the Assembly and the Senate, that harms were made uh, to descendants of slaves and black Californians as a whole. Then we have Assemblymember Joan Sawyer, who was a part of the task force, along with, as you noted, Senator Bradford, who are well-versed on this subject. We have, uh, he is introducing the apology. Now, this is something that is um, not only detailing the harms, but then saying now there is um, something old related to that. You don't have an apology without repaying a debt, right? Mm-hmm. You can, you can uh, if you just have an apology and it's just words, um, that means nothing. There has to be the repayment of the debt. And so we are getting our legislature to acknowledge, accept, um, and recognize that there's a debt to repay and taking that to the governor. And, you know, I have to say the governor, I know you noted that, you know, um, last year, early last year, he was uh, in an interview where he was like, well, you know, rec- he was actually expressing the sentiment of many Californians 
Um, but I will have to tell you that he has been a collaborative partner with this, including his team, on reparations and trying to get to a place where we can repair the harms, um, not only through legislative and budget priorities, which involves the legislature, but then through executive policy, which he can do on his own. And so we've been really appreciative of that um, co- collaborative effort, and we know it will continue and more to become more to come will be on that. Mm-hmm. Um, at this point, it's still early in the process, but at this point, do you have any idea of the broad frame that you think uh, we will be discussing in the months to come about what reparations looks like in California? And I'm talking about specific pieces. you have any sense of what this ultimate bill may look like in a broad frame? Yeah, actually, there's a list. We have a um, press conference that's coming up on February 21st. That's mm-hmm. a Wednesday um, that will lay out in detail all of the bills of today's package um, that we have introduced as of today. Um, we will be doing a tour throughout California over the next uh, few months. It's called State of Black California. It's typically a report that goes out. We've now transformed that not just to the report that talks about the State of Black California, but, you know, going from, you know, region to region and talking through what is the State of Black California, what does that mean in relation to reparations. Mm-hmm. So we will have more communication on this subject. Um, I, and that's led by Senator Lola Smallwood Cuevas. We have Assemblymember Tina McKinner, who is over the education piece as it relates to um, really seeing it's something about we as legislators, we, we, you know, we get involved in our bills, we get involved in the technical aspect. But I tell you, every time we have to do a tour where we can see, touch and hear something, it changes the way we even view our own legislation and legislation of others. So Assemblymember Tina uh, McKinner will be um, overseeing the see, touch and hear of these harms, um, not only for legislators, but members of the community who'd like to come, taking it all the way back from the East Coast to how we got here and then how all of that came to California and was perpetuated in the policies and the laws that we had on the books. And so it's a great, um, it's a great thing. I'm really excited about it. And it's an opportunity for both, both things, State of Black California, to just um, have a place of, uh, where we can commune and educate. But then, like I said, with Assemblymember Tina McKinner's tour, um, see, touch, and hear those harms um, mm. all in one place, which I know will shape people's minds. I've got 60 seconds left here. Um, I want to be frank and tell you, I am hearing horror stories from various members uh, in the California mm-hmm. Senate and Assembly about the lack of support they're getting from persons who don't look like you and me uh, um, in terms of mm. supporting and sponsoring some of these bills. Uh, you mentioned uh, that you have to convince your colleagues as well. Before you, before anything gets to Gavin Newsom's desk, you got to convince enough colleagues in the Assembly and in the Senate to vote for these measures. Tell me very quickly what you think the temperature is of those who happen not to be black, which is the overwhelming majority of them, who will be voting on this, these bills whenever they come to a vote. Absolutely. We have several allies in the Senate and the Assembly, so I'm really thankful for that, that don't look like us. Mm-hmm. Um, but I think that there is this question of why, and I think there is a fear um, of what people's uh, districts are going to say when they consider the high cost of living, mm-hmm. wanting to deal with the housing crisis, homeless, all these things. And then we say, oh, no, we have to then direct uh, resources to only black folks. And, and that 
gives people cause for concerns. But I have to tell you, I, have, I trust my colleagues in the sense that I've been in the trenches with them. I've yeah. been there where we don't agree on a bill and we worked really hard to get there and they got there. And I did the same for them. And so I'm going to do that with our colleagues. Each one of the Black Caucus will do that with each of our colleagues and ensure they get to where they need to be and be on the right side of history. We shall see. Assemblymember Lori Wilson, thank you for your work. Good to have you on this program. All the best to you. Thank you. Thanks for your time. More of Tavis Smiley when we come forward.